Okay, so that being said, let's go before the Lord, and we'll begin in Joshua chapter 3. Father, again, we come before you, Lord, and ask that you would uh, continue to move in our midst, Lord, as we look into your word, as you're so faithful to speak in to us uh, and uh, through your word, and we ask that you do that this evening as we look at what you did in the life of um, Joshua and the two to three million people um, that are now entering into the promise uh, that you gave um, uh, uh, them and their forefathers, Lord. So speak to us tonight as you're so faithful to do, Lord, by your spirit, for we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I thought it would be, uh, I, I really like this quote, and um, I put it up there on the screen, and you can read it along, but it's uh, from a, a man named Warren Wiersbe, and it it says this about the book of Joshua. In the Christian life, you're either an overcomer or you're overcome, a victor or a victim. After all, God didn't save us to make statues out of us and put us on exhibition. He saved us to make soldiers out of us and to move us forward by faith to claim our rich inheritance in Jesus Christ. Too many of God's people have the mistaken idea that salvation, being delivered from the bondage of Egypt, is all that's involved in the Christian life. But salvation is, the, is only the beginning, both in our personal spiritual growth and in our service to the Lord. And it says in quotes, there remains very much land yet to be possessed, from Joshua chapter 13. The theme of the book of Joshua is the theme of the book of Hebrews. Let us go on. And the only way to go on is by faith. Unbelief says, let's go back where it's safe. But faith says, let's go forward to where God is working. And I like that because it really kind of uh, you know, speaks to what's going on and the parallels between uh, this book of Joshua and, and really our, our Christian life. You know, we're saved out of sin, like they were slaves to sin, like we were in Egypt. We're, we're brought into, uh, you know, going through the Red Sea, coming part of God's people now and, and belonging to Him. But it's, not, it's more than that. Then there is entering into those promises and growing by faith. And that's really uh, what we're looking at tonight as they're crossing over the Jordan. And, and, and moving into the promises. Yes, the, you know, they've been delivered, just as we've been delivered, but as I just read, it just doesn't end there. The Lord wants to move us on into faith and to trust Him and to grow deeper and to, and to enter in and possess all the things that He has for us. And it's not material things uh, He's speaking of, but, you know, uh, the the gifts that he's given us to use them and to continue to grow in our faith. It's always a, you know, a challenge to us as you grow older in the faith. It's, it's always a challenge to move forward and not to settle in. And so, um, you know, we'll see these guys stepping out in faith and hopefully it encourages us to continue to do the same thing. And, and so we left off last week with the, the spies returning, remember, from, from Rahab and uh, and how you know the Lord uh, used that whole situation to really bring Ahab and her family in, into you know the family of God. We talked about that. The spies came back and talked to Joshua and said, you know how the Lord was going ahead, preparing everything. So now we see 
this important section now crossing into uh, the, the, the promised land. They're going to be crossing the Jordan River. And again, it was a major uh, turning point in their faith. You know, remember almost 40 years earlier when most of them were little children or young adults or weren't even born at that time, some of them, you know, they faced a similar crisis. They, they had the opportunity, guys, let's, let's go on in, and they, they just failed. You know, their faith, they're just, it's too much. It's too hard. I don't, we can't do it. It's impossible. And all those things that popped up in their mind. But again, uh, you know, remember, it, 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 you know, it's hard sometimes to imagine these guys, but, you know, they're going to go into this promised land. First, once they cross the, the river, you know, they're going to be facing big enemies, big cities, and big problems. I mean, they, they know that. And so it took a great amount of faith to, to move out of just, you know, God providing for them and kind of just going through the daily routine, which they had been doing for 40 years because, you know, they wouldn't enter into the promises. They didn't want to move forward, and they just kind of got stuck in the desert and never really did anything. As a matter of fact, we'll read in Joshua, they didn't really do anything. And uh, their spiritual growth was zero. They didn't really even keep the Passover. They weren't doing, you know, uh, circumcising their, their children as they were supposed to. I mean, they just kind of wandered around. And now these guys are taking that step of faith. And, uh, you know, once they cross the river, you know, it, now that was the border for them. You know, getting back would have been hard. It would have been the escape route wasn't there. So they're really going out in faith. And again, they're facing armies with, uh, uh, facing an enemy with armies and chariots and walled cities. Uh, and the entire nation took this step together to make this complete commitment to God. And I think, you know, the Lord wants us to make those same kind of steps of faith today. And I think that's a great parallel we'll see here in, in Joshua. So let's look at verse 1. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to uh, the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel, they lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Verse 4 says, Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Don't come uh, near it, that you may know the way which you must go. For you have not passed this way before. So again, remember Joshua, when, when he gets the word back from the spies, you know, the Lord's working there and he's ready to go, and the Lord tells him, be strong, you're ready to cross over. He says, he, he tells everybody, remember, you're talking two to three million people. Uh, I think it's more closer to the three million myself. But, you know, so it's, they're sending everybody out. They've they got to tell everybody in three days we're going to be leaving. And so by the time they get the word around, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a process there. But they get it around and they say, hey, pack it up. We're ready to go. We're, you know, we're going to the land to take it. And we need to follow the Lord. Remember that Ark of the Covenant was that box where the Ten Commandments was in and the jar of manna and, and Aaron's rod. And it was not much bigger than this pulpit, really. Uh, and they, they, they carried it with them. Now, uh, and remember, that's where the, the glory, the cloud, and the pillar of fire. And now they're, they're coming into the promised land. And really, all that's going to disappear. I mean, 
I, I believe at this point, no longer is that, and once they break down the tabernacle, no longer is that cloud there or that pillar there, because now they're going into the promised land. And so uh, the Lord, I believe, says, okay, you know, it's going to go out ahead of you. Now, that cupid, uh, 2,000 cupids is really about almost a half a mile. So it's a pretty far out in the distance. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that. It was, first of all, the Lord uh, wanted, you know, the, the people to see that he was leading them. Because that was really kind of the presence of the Lord was, was uh, represented by that, by that ark. And so the people, you know, you've got to think about it. If you have a, a couple million people, you put something out pretty far, and then pretty much everybody can see it. You know, if it was right closer to the front, only the people in, in the very front would be able to see it. But if it was out in a pretty good distance, uh, that would give everybody, or at least most people, the opportunity to see, you know, um, that. And it would encourage them. Hey, Lord, you're going before us. I know the way I'm going. I'm leading you. This is me leading you. And that was the idea of the ark going out in front and the priest saying, Hey, uh, listen, I, I know where I'm going, and um, you, you don't have to figure it out. You don't have to get the lay of the land. You just have to follow me and trust me. And I think, again, um, that's just a great word for us today. You know, well, Lord, you know, I, if you want me to follow you into this and take this step of faith you want me to do here, well, then, you know, I need to get some more information. I, I need you to kind of tell me what's going to happen after that. Or sometimes in our minds, we're, well, I, you know, I, I, I kind of get to need to get more detail. And, and I'm not really sure, you know, what will happen if I do this. And, and, and you know, the Lord just pretty much in our lives, uh, it, it, as he's showing here, he's just saying, listen, I'm going before you. I'm leading you. If I'm moving in your heart, you, you have to step out in faith and trust me. And faith is... Uh, the evidence of things not seen, Hebrews tells us. And so you, that's where it comes in. And, okay, Lord, you're, you're, you're moving me in this direction. I, I don't know all the details, but I know this is what you want me to do, and so I'm going to take that step and do it. And he's saying to them, just follow me. I know where I'm going. And he says the same you know, thing to us today. Uh, um, you know, it, it's just a... A great reminder that you know he goes before us. He doesn't lead us in any place or call, or, or call us to go in any place that he hasn't fully prepared for us. And um, again, uh, I think it's important for us to remember that. But you notice that you know he, he did say that um, you know as they're supposed to go over, uh, that they're supposed to sanctify themselves and and you know get everything ready to go. Um, like that, and again, remember they're going into battle, and the strategy for this, well, let me let read that verse before we talk about it. Verse 5 says, And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And so, as he says that to the people, it gives them instructions, this is what we're going to be doing, the Lord's going ahead of us, and so, you know, your job is to get yourself ready. Now, remember, they're going into war, into battle. They know they're going to be fighting the people of the land. But the, the battle strategy is, if you want to look at it that way, to sanctify yourself so the Lord can use you. Because normally, you know, the battle strategy is you're going into enemy territory. You know you're going to have to fight these people. You know they're going to come against you. You know all that. 
So, you know, well, okay, let's get out there. And everybody, you know, like you see in some TV show or movies, all the guys, you know, that don't know how to war, okay, let's start practicing. Here's a sword. Let's get all our swords out. And you guys practice your bow and arrows. Let's sharpen everything and do all this stuff. And, you know, that's what people do when they know they're heading into war. You prepare all those things. But the strategy here with the Lord is, hey, you know what? Just make yourself a useful vessel for me, and I'll do all the work. You know, that's, that's, that's a great thing to remember, because remember, religion is you do this, you don't do this, you say this, you don't do this, you go through these steps, you do this, you go through that, and, and then, you know, then you're, uh, you know, getting spiritual or you're in the right direction. The Lord says, listen, you know, just do what's right. Be a useful vessel. Don't have anything that doesn't make you a useful vessel in your life. And, and I'll do a great work. You know, just be holy because I'm holy. And that's the battle strategy. Not getting things ready and preparing this and doing all that. And he said, I'm going to take care of all that. You, you just, you know, live the life that I've called you to live. And I'll do great things for you. That's what he's doing with them. That's what Joshua says. Joshua didn't say, hey, make sure you've got your swords and your bows and arrows and all your military stuff is right and, you know, put the people over here and all this kind of strategy. It's, it's not that at all. You've got to be useful or, uh, you know, you've got to be sanctified, um, a useful vessel of the Lord. And if you do that, then everything else is going to work out. And that's true with us as well. And then Joshua spoke, verse 6, said to the priest, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark and went before the people. So the Lord's, or Joshua's doing just what the Lord instructed him. And verse 7, And the Lord said to Joshua, Now as he's doing this, as he's stepping out in faith, the Lord told him to do this, he's getting everything ready, they're moving out, and then the Lord speaks to him again in verse 7. He said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel. That they may know uh, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. So as Joshua is walking out in faith, as he is, you know, preparing things and doing what the Lord's called him to do, the Lord clearly speaks to him and gives him reassurance, and then he'll give him some instructions. I think this is important to see because, you know, we need to have that same heart as Joshua, right? And say, okay, Lord, I'm ready to be used by you. I'm ready to follow you. I've set my heart and I make my life on you. And when we have that kind of heart, the Lord always meets us in that place. He always does. You know, I'm ready to be used by you. I'm ready to follow you. I've set my heart on you. I bank my whole life on you. And when we have that openness, you know, the Lord always meets us there and does great things in and through us. And, you know, the people will, will see that the Lord's using Joshua and leading Joshua, and, 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 and the Lord will do the same thing with us, that, you know, it'll be clear to everybody that knows us, the mark of the Lord is upon us, and He's using us in great ways. And they'll know it's not us, because they'll say, who are you? Are <laughs> You? <laughs> Got it together? You're doing that? This is going on with you? You? And people will say that, and that's, that's a great compliment because 
they realize it's not your way and your natural tendencies of, of doing things or saying things or accomplishing things in what other way. But be surprised because you realize it's not you, it's the Lord working in you. And the same thing with Joshua here. And then verse 8 says, and the Lord you know, is instructing him some more, you shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant. Do you like that? Uh, just real quick before I say that, he gives them step one. Then he gives them step two when he does step one. And when he does step two, then he gives them step three. And remember, it's, you know, the Lord does that. Okay, you step out in faith, and then I'll give you the next information. It's just that, because that causes us to walk in faith, and that's the same is true with Joshua. And so now he gives them the next step. Have the priests who bear the Ark saying, when you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. Okay, so the priests are supposed to go out. They're carrying the ark. They're ahead of all the people a pretty good distance. And they're to walk to the river Jordan. And, you know, you're basically going to stick your feet in them. Now, again, the Lord's just giving them the next step here. Now, you know, people might complain at first. Well, that's not enough information, Lord. Uh, I need to know more. By the way, there's a raging river, as we'll see here in a, in a few minutes here. Uh, we have a lot of bo- battles to fight. How are we going to get across all this huge river and with all the people and, you know, this not a whole lot of information. Um, but ba- basically, the Lord tells me, you walk down there and have the priest walk right up to the water and basically step in. Now, uh, the Lord's going to give him the first step, and then he's going to or give him this step, and then he's going to give him another step. But I think at this point, Joshua's starting to see, I believe, that this is going to be kind of like the Red Sea <laughs> that he experienced with Moses. And so he tells them, once he hears that from the Lord, verse 9, So Joshua said to the people of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord, your God. And Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Parasites and the Gergashuites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. That's all the people, groups in the land there. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Now therefore take for yourselves twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe, And uh, it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, the waters that come down from upstream, and they shall stand as a heap. So now he goes on to say, you know, there's this great profession of faith, I believe, by Joshua saying, Hey, listen, the Lord's going to do what he promised to do. um, And and he's saying that with great assurance because he's speaking before it happens with great faith. It hasn't happened yet. We'll see Joshua's looking out. The people are going to look out. The the, the river is as big and as flooded and as much water as comes down at any other time of the year. So it's at its flood stages, as we'll see. And before any of it happens... Joshua is already speaking with that great confidence and great assurance because that he's, he has faith working through him. Listen, the Lord's going to do this great miracle here uh, of, of, of allowing us to go across this, this Jordan River. 
And that ought to encourage you because it just shows that he is for us and that he's going to take care of all these battles that are going to be before us and all the years that it's that it's going to you know take. And, and the book of Joshua covers about 25 years, just just so you might know, you know, from the beginning uh, to the ends, about 25 years. So, you know, they're they're going to have about that time, maybe not quite that long of battles, maybe seven, eight years of battles um, and then major battles, and there's going to be more that they should have done after that. But, um, you know, he's speaking in faith before it has even happened. And he says, you know what? When you start seeing this work of God accomplish, you know, it'll give you faith for all the works that are going to uh, come ahead. And, um, again, I, I think that's important. The Lord does that with us, right? Doesn't he deliver us out of great things and do great work in our life and, you know, that, that should bring confidence and encouragement to us that, hey, Lord, when the next thing comes up, you're there. You're going to take care of it because you took care of that. You're going to take care of this. And so, and he tells them uh, what I want you guys to do. He's getting 12 guys ready, as we'll see here in a little bit, to take stones out of the middle as a memorial. And, and so there's a little picture of it here, maybe um, gives you some idea. These guys are heading down and... Um, I was amazed. I was looking for some good pictures of this. I was amazed of how many wrong pictures there were. Um, They showed so many things that just aren't in the Bible. I'm thinking, dude, just read the Bible, then draw the picture. (laughs) Don't draw it from whatever somebody told you. Because I was kind of amazed at how many illustrations were there, and they were wrong. And it's, anyway, not that. Makes a big difference to you. By the way, they would have always carried the ark covered. That's what God told them to do. Uh, so that's pretty good. But just kind of get this in your mind. This is what's going on. Uh, this is what Joshua said is going to happen. This is what the priests are going to do. And so verse 14 says, So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people. And those who bore the ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests who bore the ark dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest, which is the time that they're going in there, that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away in Adam, at Adam, the city that was beside uh, Zaratan. So the waters went down into the Sea of Abraba, that is the Salt Sea, failed and were cut off, and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Now, again, imagine this. You're coming up to the Jordan. You're the priest. Everybody's behind you. Everybody's watching this. And you're coming up thinking, how in the world are we going to get across the Jordan? But, but, but Joshua said, just, just watch and see what God's going to do. He's going to give us victory and just watch. He's going to do a great work. So these guys, you know, are coming up, and I can imagine, you know, it's that flood stage, you know, all the, all the snow is melting, and so the river's just, you know, rushing, and, and, and it's just as wide as it's ever been, and, and these guys are coming up, and I kind of, kind of imagine this, that, you know, all of a sudden the priests are coming up, and they just stick their foot, you know, on top of the water, they put their first foot in the water, and, and, the, and as they're putting it down, all of a sudden there's no water anywhere, you know, it's just... It's cut off, and um, you know these are some pictures of uh, of the um, of the Jordan being uh, at flood stage. Uh, these were taken in the early twenties and thirties, 
Um, it gives you some idea of how wide and how destructive some of the, you know, the, the, the springtime floods could be. This is at a bridge that's a little farther down from where they actually crossed. But it just gives you some idea of what, you know, what they're looking at, right? And, and these guys, you know, again, this is what it looks like, you know, in, today. Um, and that's because they draw off so much water for agriculture and everybody's fighting over the water, the Jordan. So it's not very big today. It's pretty small, as a matter of fact. But, but, um, but again, just kind of picture, you know, that they're coming to something like this. And there's just, you know, they're walking up to the river. And as soon as they put their foot in it, it just stops. There, there's no water. I mean, you know, it, it, it's just kind of hard. It kind of blows my mind. The river's just gone. I mean, nothing. I mean, it's just literally gone. And, and the, what happened is the Lord, um, uh, I guess that map isn't as big as it should be, but, uh, you, you know, he, he, this is about 18 miles away. This is the place where the Lord had the water stopped. So, again, you, you know, you got to think of the timing of this. Obviously, you see the miracle of the Lord is, you know, these guys walk down as soon as their foot hit, uh, you know, this thing had to be stopped, whatever, half an hour earlier or something like that before their water. So it, it literally stopped the whole river. So by the time, you know, the water keeps flowing and flowing, but it's nothing past that. As soon as they get there, it all stops. I mean, it's just 18 miles away. It's just an amazing thing. They walk right up to the river edge and now it's gone. And um, the thing I want you to see in this is they, they couldn't see any of this. I mean, it was literally 18 miles away. They could not see anything going on. They didn't know the water was stopped. Um, and the testimony was so clear, you know, that the Lord was doing this great work. That God's timing is perfect. The water stopped 18 miles away and would stop flowing uh, right when they hit their, their feet hit the water. God's working, but they couldn't see it. They couldn't see it until they stepped out in faith and experienced that, and then, and, and then all of a sudden you see that great working of God. And the same thing is true in our lives, you know? Uh, God's doing a great work on our lives, but we can't always see it. And so because we can't see the work that he's doing, and he says, just trust me, walk in faith. Well, I can't see how it's all going to work out. I don't know, and this might happen, and this might not happen, and I just... Uh, you know, I got all these questions, and I'm not really sure. And, and the Lord says, just, just, just step out. Just trust me. Just, you, you, you can't see that I'm working, but I'm working. And when you step out, you'll see the great work that I had planned, that I have set up, that I've put in motion. Because he wants us to walk in faith. We have to trust him. He's going to see us through, and he's going to do the work. And sometimes, and I might even say even a lot of times, you know, we have to get our feet a little bit wet. And it seems like it's at the last minute that the Lord comes through, right? <laughs> you know, Lord, I'm coming up right here. I mean, literally in a second, I'm going to be in mud that, you know, the silt that runs down from the river. I'm going to be in mud. I'm going to be in water. I got two and a half, three million people. But Lord, how in the world? And, and, you know, I got all those problems, Lord. There's all these things you want me to do that and everything. And you take this, you know, and it just seems like, you know, you're taking one step to do a nosedive, but you're going to trust him and 
He comes through. And it seems like the last minute to us at times, but God always comes through. And they couldn't have found out the work, great work God was going to do unless they got their feet wet and went right up there. Lord, I'm going to trust you. You're going to come through. You always do. You always have. This is a big problem, Lord. I'm going to trust you. And we see him come through every time. And the people just took the Lord at his word and went out just as he said. But if we aren't willing to walk in faith, you know, we miss out on some of the great and wonderful miracles of God in our lives. And again, we see God doing great and powerful miracles in our lives when we walk in faith. And we just take the Lord at his word, right? I mean, literally, it's down to the last step. Their feet are just getting wet. And the next thing you know, I, I, don't, I kind of picture it as their foot is stepping in the water. But as they're stepping in, the water level is literally going down. You know, and then it's, by the time their foot, first foot is you know, right there where the water was, it's, it's dry. And you're like, wow, Lord. <laughs> you know, uh, 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 couldn't see it. You were working, timed it right. We all know that's what he does in our lives as well. Sometimes we forget that in the midst of taking that last step. But we know he does it, and we're encouraged here. Well, let's finish this. Verse 17, Then the priests who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. <laughs> and so, again, uh, you know, I don't know if that helps you with uh, some kind of a picture there, but uh, he dries it up, and, and it seems to he dries up to the point where there wasn't any mud. You know, the miraculously, the, the, he dried the ground out. I, it doesn't tell us how it all was worked, but he does say dry ground, and um, I imagine, you know, walking through a river... Uh, that's been flowing at its flood stage would be pretty muddy and boggy, but he says they, they stood there. They weren't bogged down in it. So he did just some great work besides just stopping the water. And the priest stood there in the midst of the river while all the, the people crossed over, you know, and, and then, you know, they get out, we'll see in a little bit, and they, you know, are, are over on the other side. And again, I, I always think this is a, this whole thing is just a perfect picture of, of Jesus, you know. He goes before us and to open the way, and He stands with us until we cross over, and then He you know, follows behind us to protect us. It's really the great work of the Lord, you know. God kept His word. His people trusted and obeyed Him, and great things happen. These guys, are they find themselves on the other side of the river, Well, let's look at chapter 4 real quick, and then verse, because it kind of all is really together. And it came to pass while the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, which we know Joshua did in the last chapter there, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. And you shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. And then Joshua called twelve men who, whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe, 
And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of the Jordan. Each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. So these 12 guys were separated. And and again, why 12? Because remember, there is one person representing each family group. Remember, everybody there, well, for the most part, there was some people that came with them, uh, probably a smaller number that came up with them in Egypt as well. But for the most part, all the Israelites could could trace their, their family lineage back to one of 12 boys. And so um, they, uh, it represents every family group there. In other words, every family group has a stake in this. They, they find 12 rocks, and so they can't be huge rocks, obviously, because some guy's carrying them on his shoulders. And, and they're going to bring them out of the river, right where the, the priests were standing with the ark. Everyone's to grab one representing that group of people and come and put it up on the land where those guys were going to camp that night. And, and again, it represented every, every group of family. Now, why did he have them do that? Well, verse 6 tells us that this may be a sign among when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so just as Joshua commanded, and they took up twelve stones from the midst of the Jordan, and the Lord, as the Lord had spoken to Joshua according to the number of tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them to a place where they lodged and laid them down there. Now, you know, maybe this gives you some idea. These stones are bigger than what they could carry, but you get the kind of a sense here. They took these off. They, they took these stones, they, they put them in a specific uh, pile there, and the Lord says, listen, I'm having you do this because you saw it. You experienced it. You walked across there. You know what's going on here. But you're going to have children and grandchildren, and they're going to have children, and I want them to know as well the great work that I do that they might be encouraged to continue on to walk in faith and see me do great work in their lives. You see, I'm not just working in one generation of people. I don't want to work just with one group and then, okay, good, I, I got it going, the ball's rolling, and so I can kind of just, you know, kick back now and, you know, let, let things kind of progress. That's the way some people think the Lord works. But he says, no, 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 I, I want everybody to know the great work, to see the great work, to be reminded of the great work, that they might be encouraged that I want to do great work in their lives today as well. So you need to pass it along to those that are uh, closest to you. Now, again, um, you know, it represents that they also made a break from the past, that now they've come out of the out of slavery, you know, the Lord taught them, became his people. Now they're following faith and crossing over the Jordan. And again, there was that idea once you cross the river there, there was just really no going back. I'm going forward with the Lord. I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to just wander around and do nothing like my parents did uh, or my grandparents did. You know, these people might say, no, I want to push ahead and, and go forward. And so we're setting this thing up, but we walked in faith. It was a great work. 
uh, uh, and there's a memorial here, and future generations would know about it, but it also encouraged those people as well. I think, you know, it's important that we make memorials in our lives. You know, when the Lord did a great work in our life, it's great just to record it in a journal or put it into a verse and make a poster out of it or plaque on the wall or whatever, you know, creative things you could think of. And it's just a great thing to remember. I, you know, basically what I did is I just always wrote them in the front of my Bible until I ran out of room and then I started writing them in the back and then, you know, I had to kind of get a notebook. It's pretty amazing, you know, that when you start seeing you run out of room, that means the great work God's doing. But it's great to memorialize it somewhere, put it in a date somewhere, write it down, you know, where it's you can keep it. And, you know, when things get tough, you go back and look at it. Oh, yeah, Lord, I remember when you did that. Oh, boy, I thought it was going to be the end back then. And look what you did. And, you know, just making those great um, memorials, you know, what, what you've done in my life, Lord. And, and then to share that with others. I'm not good at that. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I just, um, I, don't, I don't know what it is. It's just my weird personality or something. And it's not, I'm, it's not good. It's, uh, I need to do that more myself. I, you know, it's deep in my life, but I have a hard time, you know, you know, really getting into detail. I, and I don't know why. It's just something that I know I need to, to get better at because it's an encouragement to others. You know, this is why some of you guys are real easy to share all that stuff and, and it just rolls out of you, and, I, and, and that's, I envy that at times because I tend to not be that way, but there's great things the Lord's done in my life that, you know, need to be shared, and so um, it's important when we have those things there. It encourages us and does a great work with all those that are around us that they might be encouraged. Um, it's a great thing to increase everybody's faith. So this was the first memorial that they'd set up. And then Joshua, in verse 9, set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they are there to this day. So the priests who bore the Ark uh, stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished, that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak to the people according to all that Moses commanded Joshua. And the people hurried and crossed over. So now there's, uh, you know, this other memorial back to our picture here. So what they did is they took, I guess, 12 stones from the land. And Joshua, after they brought out 12 stones that were in the river, so they found 12 stones at the river. And now Joshua said, we're going to take 12 stones that are, that are out here on the land. And I'm going to put them down where the priest stood as well, making this second memorial here. Um, one in the promised land and, and one in the river. And again, uh, you know, I, I think it was a, another great um, memorial to help raise questions in the, in the future generations. You know, it's a, here's this pile of rocks we can see out here. What does that mean? Why is there a pile of rocks here? And they explain it to them. And, and then the second monument, uh, you know, just kind of reminds them. I, I look at it this way, at least for us, is that their old life was buried. It's at the bottom of the river. See that eddy right there in the middle? See the water kind of going around that eddy? That's where these 12 stones are buried. The old life. And we're walking, as Romans 6 tells us, in newness of life. The old is left down there, and it's just it's down there in the depths. And the, second could, could, the first could be seen by the, their children and, and future generations, but the second couldn't be seen. There's 
something more, something below the surface. You know, it's not easily recognized. Again, even talking about possibly walking deep with the Lord as well. You know, that, another good illustration from that comes out of that. And, um, you know, he does the deep things in our life as well. And so, again, setting up two memorials that could be, that would encourage not only the people that were there, but also that that would be passed along to others. They need to hear the great testimonies that God has done in your life and in my life. Important for us to remember, and the Lord wants us to do that. He'll, he'll do that, you know, very frequently as they get into the land and do all these things. It's, it's important that things got passed along. Well, let's look at verse 11. Then it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over that the ark of the Lord and the priests crossed over in the presence of the people. And the men of Reuben, the men of Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh crossed over armed before the children of Israel as Moses had spoken to them. About 40,000 prepared for war crossed over before the Lord for battle on the plains of Jericho. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they feared him as they had feared Moses all the days of his life. So again, Joshua's faith was not only a blessing for him, but it was used as an encouragement to others. So remember, when we make steps of faith, and the Lord does great things, you know, people are watching. Other people will be encouraged either to come to faith or to increase and walk in faith more if they're believers already. You know, because of his faith, it not only blessed him, but again, it's useful for others around us, whether they to come to faith or for them to step out in faith themselves. It's contagious, and it's a good, contagious in a good way. And we see the Lord using Joshua and lifting him up because he's walking in faith. And so that, you know, I'll hold you up a little higher because I want people to see that and I want people to walk in faith as well. So he comes, becomes blessed and blesses others. Verse 15, Then the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Command the priests who bear the ark of the testimony to come up from the Jordan. And Joshua therefore commanded the priests, saying, Come up from the Jordan. And it came to pass when the priests who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord had come from the midst of the Jordan, and the soles of the feet, uh, I'm sorry, the priest's feet touched the dry ground that the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all its banks as before. <laughs> that must have been as much mind-blowing as going into it, right? So these guys, okay, they cross over, we got the stones, we took the stones out, we put the stones in, all the people are over now, everything's good to go, okay, guys, it's time for you to come out with the ark. So these guys are starting to come out with the ark. And as soon as they're walking up and they get back on the, you know, the where the river wasn't anymore, all of a sudden there's, you know, water. Their foot comes out of there and they lift their foot up. I, I kind of pictured as water all of a sudden is, is back there again. I mean... Uh, what a sight that must have been, you know. This water's, water's running fast again. This river's just going crazy here again. And, and I imagine, you know, look what the Lord's done. I, wow, look at the water. I mean, as soon as the guy lifted his foot out, that's the water came right back to where it was. And what an amazing sight that must have been. I, I you know, like to be able to see a video of that or something <laughs> someday. Now, that's... Um, Another incredible work of the Lord. Again, just encouraging them all because they got a lot of battles ahead. 
And, you know, you take this step by first. I give you instructions, you do it. I give you the second instruction, you do it. The third instruction, you do it. Okay. You know, you're building up your faith. You're seeing me working. There's this great trust, you know, building. And your faith is getting stronger. And you got bigger battles ahead. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm preparing you from that. You know, he does that. That's the way the Lord works in our lives. Amazing things. And, and so... Verse 19, now the people came up from the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month and they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. And he spoke to the children of Israel saying, when your children ask their fathers in time to come saying, what are these stones? Then you shall let your children know saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, as the Lord your God did in the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over, that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. And so again, the instructions are to pass it along, and, and repeat what you've seen and what's been done. Don't forget the great work that I do. You know, it, it's kind of sad in our area. There's such a limited, you know, limited uh, ability to, to be involved in a, a lot of great Christian activities where there's larger groups of people. You know, in Southern California, it's, it's completely different. It's pretty sad, actually, you know. Um, I, you know, the whole Bay Area is like that. You know, you really don't see Christian artists come here at all. You know, you don't see any really big Christian things going on. I mean, they used to do Spirit West Coast was probably the biggest thing here. And, of course, that it's been gone for a while. But, you know, you have to go like to Sacramento or uh, different things. But I encourage you, you know, when the opportunity comes up that you go to those things, it's great to bring you know, your younger brothers or sisters or grandchildren or nephews or nieces or kids or whoever, you know, and, and bring them to places like that. You know, when I show some of the music videos, I, I like to get the ones, especially when the younger guys are here, to, that, you know, that show a group, a large group of people worshiping the Lord. Because, you know, around here, it just it doesn't happen. I mean, the churches are pretty small. Um, even the bigger churches uh, compared to a lot of places are, are very small, um, you, you know, and um, it's great to see that, you know, it's, it's so much bigger and there's so much more um, work God's doing than the kind of limited work we kind of see, sadly, in our, in our area, in our community. I'm always blown away. I go by, you know, St. Patrick's Church all the time, and that parking lot, I, I, again, well, t- tonight I was going there about maybe, you know, quarter to six or something like that. I forget six o'clock. I was driving by there and and again, you know, the parking lot's like half full. That place has always got something going on. And I, and I, you know, I kind of like, why, Lord? I mean, not that it's bad people are going there. Just understand me. But, you know, there's so much more. And we know there's so much more than sometimes. And again, I don't know the hearts of the people going there. So I'm, you know, just kind of talking a little freely here. But, you know, that there's so much more, Lord, do you have for them than just kind of, what we typically know is just the religious things. And man, Lord, if those people just, you know, were able to see and had eyes to see and ears to hear to, you know, move in out of the traditions and the religious practices, man, you know, we would have a, a huge town of packed churches that 
people are, you know, really growing and maturing in the Lord, and and it, you know, um, and since you know that's really our extent here, whenever it comes up, it's always good to take those, you know, steps out, or maybe you know, save your money and and uh, you know, go take that trip back to uh, you know Ohio or Kentucky and go through that Creation Museum and see that live ark and. Uh, you know, or go to a concert in Sacramento or someplace. You know, it's a it's kind of a hassle and it's kind of expensive, but man, it's just good to we get encouraged that there's a larger body out there that loves the Lord and is doing great things, and it encourages us as well. And so, um, you know, uh, the, the miracle was not just for them; it was you know for them to bear witness to the whole world, as we just read as well. The idea is he wants everybody to know the great work that he does. In this case, opening the river, that, you know, it's a testimony to those that follow, but it also said, you know, it's to the, to the bear witness to him for the whole world. He wants everybody to know, you know. And, and the idea was the nation of Israel is to tell other nations about him and invite them to trust in him and have faith in him too. And so... Again, as we say the last couple of words here, you know, the God of Israel, clearly we see here, cares for his people. He keeps his promises. He goes before them in victory. And he never fails. What a great witness it is to the world. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we again are amazed at, you know, this story. It's... um, Imagine experiencing that and living through that would have just been an incredible sight, Lord. I know there was a lot more and, you know, manna falling and parting of the Red Sea and hearing you on Mount Sinai and all sorts of things, Lord, I know. But and this one seems to me, uh, at least to me, Lord, a little special because now they're really stepping into faith and they, they, they know there's big battles ahead. And, you know, unlike their parents and grandparents, they were willing to trust you. And when they took those steps, they saw you do great and wonderful things. And it just increased their faith and their desire to serve you and go deeper and accomplish the things that you had for them and take the land and the territory that you had for them to to receive the promises. And I know that same thing is true for us today. Yes, we're going to have battles and spiritual Uh, things are going to oppose us and, you know, things come against us, Lord, but, you know, you want us to persevere and walk in faith and trust you and I'll see you do the great work, Lord, that you can do and want to do just like you did with them. You're the same yesterday and today and forever, Lord, and we thank you for that. May you draw us closer to you. May we be people that walk in faith to a greater degree every day, Lord. Help us, which I know you're faithful to do, for we ask these things in Jesus' name.